the Women of Color STEM Conference presents The Path to Being the Best Leader. How to Lead with Charisma, Integrity, and Conviction. A Professional Development Seminar. Featuring Regional Marketing Director for the Boeing Company, Araceli Godinez. Regional Community Affairs Manager for Consumers Energy, Dr. Kelly Petros. Director of Real Estate for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Brenda Johnson-Turner, and CEO of Sarsons LLC, Shauna Sarsons. The quality of an organization's leadership and management is critical to its success. This is true at team, department, and organizational levels. However, what's the secret to that quality? How do you ensure it throughout the organization? How do you become an excellent leader and manager yourself? As with any professional skill, the skills of leadership and management can be learned and practiced. This course is specifically designed to help you do just that, whatever your role in the organization is. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents The Path to Being the Best Leader. How to Lead with Charisma, Integrity, and Conviction. A Professional Development Seminar. Featuring Araceli Godinez, Dr. Kelly Petros, Brenda Johnson-Turner, and Shauna Sarson. Good morning. Uh, my name is Araceli Godinez. I'm a regional marketing director with Boeing, and um, I will be your moderator for this next session. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and to listen to the wisdom of these three young women um, as they share the path to being the best leader, how to lead with charisma, integrity, and conviction. Um, just a few um, housekeeping notes. Um, we encourage folks, um, as you're coming in, there's plenty of seats towards the front, so feel free to welcome or to join us up in the front. Um, there's also CEU and PDH credits, so make sure you get those uh, checked in um, so that you get credits for these sessions. At the conclusion of the session, there's also a survey. We'd love to get your feedback. Uh, tell us what you'd like, what we can improve, or any other topics um, that you find interesting in future sessions. If you would like to be a presenter um, in a future seminar, we also welcome that as well. Um, and if you take any pictures you want to share on social media, um, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at uh, WOC Technology and also on Facebook, Women of Color and Technology STEM Conference. Um, with that, I now get to introduce today's panelists. We're going to start with Kelly Petros. Um, Kelly is a retired superintendent. She has 32 years in, of experience in education, and she's currently the Regional Community Affairs Manager for Consumers Energy. So join me in giving Kelly a warm welcome. And next, we have Brenda Johnson-Turner. Um, Brenda was appointed to the Senior Executive Service in November 2014 and serves as the Director of Real Estate for the headquarters of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, Ms. Johnson-Turner provides exec executive leadership for program execution of the Department of the Army Real Estate Mission for Army Land and Improvement Worldwide. She is responsible for overall policy and ensuring ensuring technical expertise to provide real estate acquisition, asset management, and disposal. 
So join me in welcoming Brenda. Thank you. And now we have Shauna Sarson, who is from Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport, Shreveport sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm a Chicago native, so I'm yeah. <laughs> um, from Louisiana. Um, her successful military career followed uh, was followed by a just as successful career in executive level positions, um, which led Shauna to be sought after as a mentor by young women seeking to establish their professional identities and careers. It was through panel discussions and mentoring relationships that she began sharing her professional navigation techniques. So I like the way Shauna described herself just prior to this session. She says she's real, she's relatable, and she's a Renaissance woman. Um, so she has uh, 28 years of experience in HR and business operations. So join me in welcoming Shauna. So we've got a few slides to share. I'm gonna let the three women do their magic and drop some notes in between. Um, part of this is really to help have a conversation with everybody in the room and we hope that um, you get any, any, um, uh, any key takeaways or a, have an opportunity to engage with asking the panelists the questions that are relevant to you and your career and your path. So I'm gonna let them um, run through the, the the slides that we have, and then um, I'll begin the Q&A session at the end, but I'll definitely make time so that all of the questions in the room are also asked. So good morning. good morning. So today we are here and we are excited to talk to you all about being um, leaders that lead with charisma, integrity, and conviction. Um, our overview, we, we're gonna talk about, so we're gonna talk about leadership, we're gonna talk about leadership values, the lead, conviction, integrity, charisma, and we're gonna have a conversation. We're, we're gonna just have a conversation, a real, relevant, relatable, open, honest conversation about what it is to be a woman in a position of power and in a leadership position, but also to be a woman of color, and we're all, we all have color, none of us are invisible, so to be a woman of color um, in doing that. So um, with that, we, we already talked, and we're just ready to get started. Um, so the first thing we wanna talk about is, um, the path, that leadership is a path. And that's what we were discussing when we were on our teleconference preparing to come to talk to you all today, that if you wait until you're in a leadership position, you've already waited too late. Um, actually, um, for me personally, I'm the eldest of nine. So I was forced to learn to be a leader before I ever even really knew what that word meant because I had to help my mama out. And I didn't even realize that I was developing my leadership skills until I left home to start my you know, career journey into adulthood. And I went to the military where in the military for me, what I know is if you can't lead, they'll get rid of you eventually. You will not survive. Oh, as you progress, there's more leadership responsibility. And so by my being in the military, I was able to cultivate and tap into those skills that I didn't even really know that I had and develop my leadership skills. And then when I stepped out of the military into um, the civilian sector, as us green suitors, military people call it, I was head and shoulders above a lot of my peers, not so much because I had the industry skills, but I had those leadership skills. And, um, and I had integrity, and I was enthusiastic about what I was doing, and I had conviction about what I was doing because my values from being a kid in Louisiana, cultivated with my 
marinated with my values from being in the military. And then it all just turned into a great, good pot of gumbo for me, if you will, as a Louisiana <laughs> native. So um, what do you think about that, Kelly? So, no, I would agree with Shauna. She's one of nine, I'm one of 10. And so you, and I'm the third oldest. So you learn how to take care of the younger ones. And my dad worked all day where my mom was home raising all of us little babies running around. And you just, you sort of find your way. And I think what, what you end up doing is you, you find what you think you were good at and you focus on that. But the one thing I will share with you is even though you think you may be great at one thing, don't just sit right there. Be a sponge and take in as much as you can from every area because that makes you that much more valuable. So I was in the kitchen learning how to cook. I was outside doing the yard work. I was trying to gather all of these skills that I could have so that if, by chance, I wasn't married, I could be an independent, strong woman and handle my business on my own instead of relying on somebody else to do that. And that came, too, from my father because he was like, if you do nothing else, I need you to be educated and I need you to be independent. Because you could be married, something could happen, and you need to be able to stand alone if you need to. So, hey, the last thing I'll add to this slide is, you know, Shauna made a very important point where she said, you know, don't wait too long. And I would tell you, if, if you think leadership is about a title, you're wrong. You can be a leader at any stage, whether it's personal or professional. The key is just knowing, like we're going to talk about, and I know they talked about it in a session prior, that management versus leadership and really, really honing in on your skills. So hopefully by the time we go through the presentation today, you'll be clearer on that point if you, if you weren't when you walked in uh, because we're really excited to have this conversation. So with that, leadership is a characteristic more so than a function. And um, it's about being able to influence others to get them to do what you need to get done. So we're gonna push on over. Um, yeah, so leadership values, right? When you, when you think about, take off the word leadership first and just think about values. You know, what does that mean to you? It's the things that you hold dear, the things that are important. It's the why you do things. It's the usefulness. Um, leadership, again, key point. Um, I will tell you when you think about personal value versus professional value, First off, before you get in a scenario, you have to have a core, C-O-R-E, value system, right? You have to know what is important to you and what you believe in. And a lot of times when we think about that personal versus professional, you'll find yourself at an intersection, right? And, and you want to know yourself before you get to that point because you got to know which way you're going to go. So I'll give you a perfect example. Sometimes we all know things don't happen as clear-cut as we want them to, and you have to make hard choices. And so there are, you know, um, examples now, I won't go into a lot of them because we'd be here all day, where you work on a project, for example, for your job, right, that you are not passionate about, you may not necessarily believe in it, but it's part of the professional requirement that you meet. And it's a case where you may not like it, but it's not hitting your values in a way where you can't move on and deliver it. But you still struggle with that because sometimes there's this natural conflict between the professional and the personal values. And what I would say to you is remember to always 
take a, a reflective look at, at your values. Because when you are a leader, sometimes without even realizing it, you have leveled your values or the way you see the world. You are looking through your subordinates and others through colored lens. So you, you got to remember that because we all think we are impartial and we can look at things in different ways, but sometimes your drive is all associated and aligned with your value system and how you see the world. So you got to be cognizant of those points when you're navigating in and out of personal and professional discussions. Yeah, and so um, Kelly, when we were talking, that was great, Brenda. And another thing, when we were talking, Kelly, you talked about those gray spaces um, with our values. And I Absolutely. said you were going to share that because that was powerful. Yes. So we know that we don't live in a black and white world. However, oftentimes people are either on one side or the other. And it's that gray space that has a lot of movement that I think we need to be cognizant of. If you think people aren't looking at you and watching you, they are. Do not, I repeat, do not sell yourself short. Don't give up who you are. Hold on to that. And it's okay to have your convictions and say, this is where I'm at, and I'm not necessarily going to move. We just, I did this yesterday. Uh, I had a workshop with my team, and we were trying to come up with a mission statement. And we had three different mission statements up on the board. And they said, okay, who's with us on item number one? And everybody raised their hand but me. And they said, what do you think? I said, I don't like it. It doesn't read right. It says we're only focusing on our company and not our customers or people outside the company. And we need to encompass everybody. I said, I know I'm standing between you and lunch, but I, just, I, I can't. So we took a break. We brought other people in from outside of our group to kind of look at them. And they all agreed with, well, I get and understand Kelly's perspective. So we ended up compromising and really taking a piece from, of each one, which then allowed me to say, okay, I can live with that. But don't give up what you believe in. We know that usually you've got um, your values, which are personal to yourself. They're innate. That's what you grow up with. And then you've got your ethics, which are commonly professional. But they interconnect. They touch each other. And I'm just saying, hold true to who you are. Don't don't give that up. Wow, that was powerful. Um, see, we had this conversation before we got here, so we, we already knew. But um, the one thing about the leadership values and then your personal values, there are often times when you're navigating in that organizational space where they conflict, mm -hmm. where they actually conflict. Um, and um, I've experienced that quite a bit. Um, but it goes back to the point that you're talking about, Kelly, where if it's not immoral, if it's not unethical, then you have to know when what you're saying, what your personal, like you said, Brenda, your personal, your colored lens, you have to be able to take it off and compromise so that you can accomplish the mission that you need to accomplish. And it's a delicate balance. It's definitely a space you have to navigate because, as Kelly said, if you think people don't know, even though you may be nodding your head, yes your energy is still emanating no. And your superiors know that. And, um, you know, we all have to protect ourselves because obviously these are our careers. We, we are, this is a part of our self-actualization. This is how we earn our living. So it's important. And unfortunately, as women, we don't really have a lot of opportunities to make mistakes when we're navigating in that space. Because when we walk in that space, especially in leadership, we're already defending ourselves against so many other stereotypes and personas. I was just talking to um, a young person in my, I have a nine to five and a five to nine. So at my nine to five, 
She called me. This just happened. She sent me an email. She says, can you please call me on my personal phone? It just happened the day before yesterday. And I was in, I said, something in my spirit said I need to call her from the car. So I get in the car and um, she's a woman of color and she was going to a certain department and I knew what the challenges that she was going to face. And so as someone pulled me to the side and mentored me, I said, you know, this, how you start is how you finish. If you start off moonwalking, you'll be moonwalking the entire time. She's a new supervisor. She's very smart. You know, and I said, so you have to say what you mean. You have to mean what you say. Now, I'm in a space now where I kind of go outside of my comfort zone or outside of what they say we should say. And I just tell it like it is, as my grandmother would say. I said, you're 5'10". You're, you're what I call unapologetically black because she has she's stature. She's very statuesque. And then she wears a big afro. I said, and your, fa your facial expressions are very strong. So you're going to have to tone all of that down with your attire. You have to tone it down and you need to smile more. You're going to have to soften it because I had to learn that about myself with my voice and my facial expressions. So in this conversation, she, she's telling me I knew it was going to happen. And I kind of told her how to navigate and her emotions got the best of her. And she cried and she stormed out. Come on, y'all. Everybody that knows, you know. I was like, oh, my God, I'm driving my car. I was like, okay. I said, sweetheart, you are on the defense. You are 100% on the defense now because you are the angry black woman. And you threw a temper tantrum because you could not have your way. Yes, you were right. You were right. But just because you're right doesn't mean you have to say you're right at that time. And when you know that you're losing control of yourself, you have to know when to just shut up and be quiet. And as my grandmother would say, hold your mule. I said, so now because you cried and then you stormed out, you are now the problem. The problem is no longer what that situation was. So I said, you need to be in my office first thing tomorrow morning <laughs> because we need to strategize a plan and I'm going to reassign you because I have to save your career now because you are in a delicate position because we can demote you because she's newly promoted to this position. I said, but, but my, my point was, because she was right, she was really right, but some of it, a lot of it was her personal values and they were very, 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 very much right. But I knew that already, which is why I prepared her for those challenges that she was going to face. Sometimes we have to know when, and we're gonna get to that, but I share that to say, when our personal values don't align with our professional values, we have to have that knowing of knowing when to align it and how to align it. And you got to pick and choose your battles because it's chess. And she made a checkers move. And, and it was, it's bad for her now. And, and what would happen to this? And she's very young. She's a millennial. She's super smart. She's smarter than me. And I, and I don't have a problem with saying that like the sky is the limit for her. But she's got to learn how to balance it. And she's got to know that th the world we live in, this is the way it is. And when you walk in the door, the first thing they see is black. The next thing they see is woman. And then they saw angry black woman. And you solidified all of it when you shed a tear and you stormed out. Period. They can, she could, the person was passive aggressive. They were bullying. But they, are, they have perfected it. And you succumb to it. And so... She failed to align at that moment in time. Everything went to personal. And she just totally negated the professional. And now she's right, but guess what? 
So, but you know what's fascinating about that? Yes, Shana, is we're having this conversation about this. Do you really think men have this conversation? Come on now. They don't. And I don't want to say we're put to a disadvantage. I think what it does is it allows us to build and put more things in our toolbox to armor ourselves to address all of these issues that are out there that we face that men don't face on a daily basis. So I love this message that you've just shared and, and the example because it's letting us know that as much as we really shouldn't have this conversation, we need to have this daily to remind ourselves that we need to lift each other up, hold on to each other, because if we don't, nobody else will. Right. Yeah, and you raised a good point when you were talking about that mentoring session. Is a lot of times is as women we think about the job. I'm reading a book, How Women Rise, and we think about the job, but we don't think about the career. And it's about the long game, not the short. Right. And I, that's where she was. She was thinking about the job instead of the career. Yes. So, um, Kelly, you were, you were going to talk to us about the lead. Yes, you know. I was. Yes. So we, we just met on the phone the other day. And we feel like we're just so connected because the conversation that we had leading into today was so powerful. Uh, we talked about church. We're going to take you there at some point. We're not there yet. Uh, but when we talked about these different topics that we wanted to share with you today, just the information that we learned from each other about our journeys uh, has really, I think, impacted each of us individually, and we want to share that with you. So we talk about the lead, not the lead, but the lead. Uh, and you can lead, we know, um, or you've led from the front because you have to as a leader. But what's more powerful than that is leading from behind as you lift others up you will still get the recognition that you deserve or need because you're preparing your team to be successful. So you are just as successful as your team by doing that. Uh, there is a difference, and Brenda talked about this, between managers and leaders. Managers manage. I used to have one of those. She's kind of like a helicopter mom, that she's always watching everything that you do. And you don't have to do that. If you empower your team, to lead, all you have to do is be there to support them. So there, there is a difference. Uh, your team will shine, which means then you will shine. Uh, I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. Again, it's going to equip you with the right tools in your toolbox to be successful, no matter where you're at in your journey. I think it's important that you look at not a job, but a career, but a passion. You've got to have a passion for what you do. If you do, it doesn't feel like work. You get up and you go to work every day. You have those people maybe that you work with that they're always off work. They're not there. <laughs> they don't like their job. But uh, I've been blessed, and I know my um, colleagues up here have been blessed too. I get up and I just enjoy my day every day. One, because I woke. But two, because it doesn't feel like work. I love what I do. I get to touch people, connect people, and give people money. And everybody loves all of that. <laughs> but it just, it, it gives you um, something in your heart and your spirit that just, it, it, it exudes outward. And you just, you just can't. You just want to do more and more and more. And I just, I'm going to get to it in a second. But I want y'all to, to kind of chime in here because we're going to talk about fit in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I want to just hear what you guys have to say about the lead space. 
Well, you know, when we were when we were talking, Brenda, you made a good point though about like how Kelly's saying, you know, she gets to work with people and give them money. But you made a good point about when when it's not all roses, but still inspiring people. Remember when we were talking about that? Right. So, you know, you, you talk a lot of, about leadership, and I, I think a part of it, and I'm going to hit it quick because I think we're going to get to it with the charisma slide, is the relationship aspect. Because that's one thing I talk to my, my team about constantly, is relationships matter. And you cannot stress that enough. So I know you'll probably hear us talk about that two or three more times before we get done with this session. But part of it is having relationships in place before you need it, right? You don't wait for the challenge to come and then try to forge a relationship. I have been in numerous situations where I was on the opposite side of an issue than another colleague. But because we had a relationship, even though we were fighting for different, you know, in states at the same time trying to get what was best for the Army, when we got done, we agreed to disagree and we still had a relationship. And that's a professional relationship that I'm talking about, but it still exists where that person is comfortable calling me now and I'm comfortable calling him now. But we wouldn't have got to that space if, if we didn't have the relationship prior. And I just think when, when, you, when I looked at this, the lead, the, the one that called out to me and Shanna talked about was inspiration. Right, because we all know that it is not a bed of roses, whether you work in the government, whether you work in industry, you could be doing great things and everybody is high-fiving and accolades and 24 hours later, you know, the accolades are gone. And it's sort of like, what have you done for me lately? And it's like, well, I'm still celebrating. Can, can we go back? To that? Can we yeah. go back where, you, where yeah. we were celebrating? Yeah. Why are you moving on so fast? Yeah. Right? Uh, but you as a leader have to be able to inspire your team to get them past that hump. I will tell you, I work in government real estate, right? And when you think of project delivery, right, most people don't think about real estate. And so we are always the tail end and people are like, it's your fault. And, you know, I've gotten to a point where I accept where I need to accept, where I, where I don't, I push back. But at the end of it, my team, I feel like they take on the persona of their leader. And if they see their leader is tough, if they see their leader can fight through challenges, it builds up the force. That was such a great segue into expectations because you're, you're the lead, they have an expectation of you. And as a result of their expectation of you, they're actually emulating your behavior. And they know that by emulating their be your behavior, they expect you to actually support them emulating your behavior. And in addition to them repeating what they see, you're actually grooming them in the process as well and empowering them. So that's actually powerful. And that's another thing I think we miss sometimes or we don't hit on enough is about understanding expectations because it is a relationship. And we'll talk about expectations in our outside relationships, but we don't discuss that in our leadership relationships and oftentimes we're remiss in um, failing to acknowledge that the lead have an expectation of us as a leader and that they are entitled to have that expectation of us and that as leaders we have a responsibility to hone in and to understand that expectation because we all know when expectations aren't met it leads to disappointment and that's actually worse than being angry and 
you really want people to want to be led by you. I always tell people if I only get from you what your <clears throat> excuse me what your job requires of you, I'm only getting 70%. I want people who are who want to work for me. Um, and I'm not the easiest person to work for. I'll own it because be, I'm not. I, I'm, I, to, to thine own self be true. I'm not. But I'm hard, but I'm fair. I'm honest. I'm upfront. And I won't ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. And I'm realistic. I, I try to learn what, what they have to do. You know, as, and of course, as you, as you move up the pyramid, you know, the gap gets a little bit wide. But I always, even, even in my dealing with my own senior leadership team, because um, I have seats at the table and I tell people I'm there to serve. I'm, that's, that's my place at the table. I'm no longer there to eat. I'm there to serve. So when I'm at the table, I, I always say, you know, um, we're up here, but we're, you know, it's a car. Don't forget about the tires, because no matter no matter how nice that Bentley is or that Rolls Royce or whatever it is, even a jet, if it has no wheels, it's going nowhere. So don't forget about where the rubber hits the road, because we can't move if the rubber doesn't hit the road. Don't get so far removed that you discount that, because you, the Mercedes is shiny. With no tires, guess what? It's just a shiny piece of fiberglass. It's not even metal anymore. With all the bells and whistles, that can't go anywhere. So it's important that we stay in, in content, what is it? I'm losing my words. Conscious of expectations all the way across. And also, as leaders, knowing how to follow, as you said. Um, you can learn something from anyone. And a couple of months ago, I went home. I have an eight-year-old nephew. I, he's been here before. But we were, we were in the car. And he said, Auntie Shauna, have you ever seen the movie Us? And I said, no, because I, I don't like scary movies. And, um, and he knew I wrote the book, and I talk about bunnies in my book. And he says, well, I can't believe you hadn't seen it. There's bunnies all over that movie. And he, he, said, he said, Auntie Shauna, it's, it's no jump scaries. It's scary. He said, but it's going to make you think. It's an eight-year-old kid. I'm driving. I'm like, boy, okay. I, I, said, um, I said, so how's it going to make me think? And he said, well, Auntie Shauna, I don't want to spoil it for you, but we have it on the red box. He said, but it's, let's watch it. And he said, I'll, I'll sit with you. I promise you're not going to jump. He said, but you're going to think about the monster inside of yourself, eight-year-old child. So, but he's conscious. He's still conscious of that. And, and I like to spend time with children because I'm realizing the value of children, you know, out of the mouth of babes. They, they, sometimes they have a wisdom that we, as adults, we lose. They have, they have a connection with what's going on around them that we lose because we're so caught in the day-to-day -day of everything. And I try to have that same level of consciousness as a leader. I try to, you know, I mean, I still write you up. You know, I'm not going to say I won't. I'll tell you you're doing, you're doing a horrible job. I will. But I'll tell you with, with kindness. And, I, and I'll tell you why I say you're doing a horrible job. I'll say, you know, you're a C student. This is the best you can do. I got it. But sometimes I just need you to really strive for a B. But if you're an A student that's lazy and you just want to give me a C, I'm going to call you on that too. And I think we have to understand and talk about the expectations. So when I start a new position, I always ask people, what do you expect of me? And if I had a dollar for every time that stumped someone, we all be going to lunch on me today. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that point as well, because I think we have to talk about those expectations when we talk about the lid, and I just like the way you segued us into that. Absolutely. I think it, it ties into, and you touched on this, Shauna, is perspective. Um, 
everybody has their own perspective. And oftentimes we have these blinders on where it's just about our thinking and what we want to do. But it really isn't. When we begin to listen to understand what people are saying instead of just listening to respond, oftentimes someone says something, we're up here talking, your guys' minds are just thinking and moving. I can just feel it. And to be present when someone's actually speaking and understanding what they're saying and listening to what they're saying instead of thinking about, oh, as Shauna's talking, I'm like, well, I need to get this out or I'm going to forget what she's, what is on my mind, but I shouldn't even be in that space. Mm -hmm. I should really just be taking everything in that she's saying and write it down so that I can come back to it and say, okay, well, you said this. I just want to pull on that a little bit more. That sort of segues me into fit. Because we know in any organization, people talk about, I can't hire this person because they're not the right fit. Well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the best teams are those that have a variety of everything. Because no one knows everything, but everybody knows something. And if you have 10 people on your team, you could have 10 subject matter experts. I don't claim to know it all, but I've got a team that knows something. And so if I don't know, I'm okay with saying, I don't know that, but you know, I got someone on my team that has that information for you and they're going to get to you on that. So fit to me doesn't make sense because everybody fits somewhere and you need the diversity from everybody to make your team strong mm -hmm. uh, and move forward. Mm -hmm. And I would say I, I was I was just thinking about this preparing for um, a different session. You know, a lot of times when you you mentioned diversity, um, you know, when you interview people, you know, I've I've been in this space where it's like, when are we going to get past the point where we say, "Tell me what you think about diversity." It shouldn't be an option. Right? Diversity should be celebrated. And so when you think about whether it's um, the expectations, you know, I always, when you were talking about you actually, your, your team, when you first walk in, you know, what are you expecting from me? The, the one thing I will, I will say to you is remember the truth about, think about how you see yourself, but also be cognizant and conscious of how others see you. So you got to remember that when you think about the that's perfect. Um, so I think we're going to talk about conviction now. So I, I had to go back to my, my old green seat days on this one. Um, early in my leadership development in the military, uh, I would always hear, be no do. Be no do. You know, be no do. Be no do. And, um, and, and then I thought about walking the talk, just what you were saying about knowing how people perceive you so that you can ensure that the perception that people, they're receiving of you is, is the way that you perceive yourself. Um, and oftentimes we don't have that self-awareness. Like I was saying, you know, how I have to learn that my voice, like I don't have to yell because it's just strong, but it's so strong and it doesn't match. It doesn't match my face. So people, I'm bouncing that around, you know, go, going in and then I start talking and people are like, like, whoa, like, you know, or if, they, if I talk over the phone, I'm often told, I've been told that when I show up, because my name is Shauna, and the way I sound, and I walk in and people look at me, they're like, oh, you're not what we expected. I'm like, what did you expect? Tall, white, short, because of the military, you know, and I'm like, well, I ain't tall, uh, you know, but that's what people expect. And, and initially, I used to get offended. But then I had to learn how to, you know, embrace it and say, okay, 
Well, you know, because I listen to myself now recorded, so I smile. I try to smile to soften it. I have very strong facial expressions, very, you know, hand gestures. You know, I have bad knee, but you know, when it's not acting up, I got my heels on, you know, <laughs> doing, doing my thing. And people often think I'm very uppity and snoppy and snooty if I don't open my mouth. I, I own it, trust me. Now I'm, I'm bougie, that's not a word, bourgeoisie is the word, but I'm bougie, but I'm not stuck up. It's a difference, it's a difference, you know? And I, and I own that about myself, and, I, and I'm very aware, and even, even when I'm, and so I'm natural, you know, we all in here understand, so sometimes I'm, I'm you know, Jackson 5 up, because, you know, I'm at a place where I'm like, you know, I'm good now, I'm in the room, today I'm gonna shock them a little bit. And, and, and I'm at a, and you know, I'm a little bit older than I look, you know, aging well, like I'm a lightning bolt here, but actually even in my, even in my current position, I started a new position in June at my nine to five and I came in and I was, you know, shock it up and my supervisor, he kind of looked at me. He, he thought he was real slick with it. I said, oh, don't worry. When we go to see the assistant secretary, I'm not going to have this hair. It's going to be straight or slick back. Y'all know he turned like five shades of red. <laughs> he said, he said, no, 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 no. I said, no, 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 it's okay. This is the real world. I was like, this is a safe space. I know, honey, I've been navigating this for 28 years. I know how it works. But today I don't have any meetings. And I do this because I'm getting older and it, my hair's thinning. It don't grow like it used to. So I can't put all that heat on it. But I look at the calendar and trust and believe. When we have to go to those meetings, I'll be suited and booted. I'll be slicked and sh or straight. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, oh, my God. But, but when you talk about diversity, I have actually had those conversations with my leaders. Like we've had some problem employees and then I go in, you know, and I pull them to the side and they think I'm, I'm magic. And I'm like, no, I ain't that great. I could relate to her black experience and you could not. And I said, and sometimes we as leaders, we have to create those safe spaces where we can have those conversations and people can be comfortable to say, I got employee A and they just ain't acting right. And I don't know what it is. What is it? And allow that counterpart to come in and say, oh, Okay, then I said this to my colleagues. I said, well, she's got something going on in her personal life. And I'm gonna have to come out the box to fix it because if we don't fix that, we can't fix this. And I said, and, I, and I'm gonna have a little bit more leeway than you. And they said, why? I said, cause I'm black and she black and she know I know what, what's really going on. See, she can fool you, she can't fool me. Cause I've been there before. And they turned red. But we don't typically have those types of conversations in the workspace. They think I'm crazy. I'm just going to say they love me, but they think I'm crazy, but in a good way. But I'm at a place where I believe that if we don't start having these real and honest, transparent conversations, see, they were ready to fire her. And she ended up getting promoted two months ago. That's the difference. Because I became a supervisor. I ain't playing with you. You can put a foot on a banana peel or you can put it on a skateboard. But up in here, this is how it's going to go. But see, I can say that. My blonde hair, blue eye counterpart can't say that or she'll get an EEO complaint. And so we have to come to the table and actually be able to acknowledge that. Because that's the reality of the space that we're operating in. And we have people that are moving, leaders that are moving in spaces of fear when they should be able to go and come sit next to their colleague and say, you know, I grew up in Waskogee, whatever. So I don't know. Can I ask you a question without us going off? Because guess what? You know, most of that ignorance is because we just don't know. 
And if we sit down and we have the conversation, you know, even though I said it in a quirky way, that was me giving my supervisor permission to say, hey, you know, we got so-and-so. Did you miss it? Because I'm okay with it. Because I know. I know I can't go in there looking like one of the Jackson 5. I know it's going to throw people off. I'm good. And they won't hear what I have to say. So when I want you to hear me and I want a certain crowd to hear me that may be thrown off by that, then I have to conform a little bit. And it's okay. It's, it's okay. And I'm okay with it now because I have accepted the world that we live in. And that doesn't make, that doesn't make me good and you bad. It's just these are our experiences. And if we don't start talking about it as leaders, then how are we going to talk about it with the people we're trying to lead? And then how are we going to groom those leaders? We have, to, we have to be able to put that out there on the table. So that's the whole be for me, be no do. Be who you are, like Kelly said earlier. Know, know your audience, know your timing. It's a time and a place for everything. Now, I couldn't say that to him if it was a whole bunch of people in the room. I would have really embarrassed him then. And then do, just do, do what you're supposed to do. And then you feel it, like you said earlier, you feel it. I'm at a place in my life where I don't even work for money no more. I just love what I do. And that's, it's, it's an amazing feeling because I haven't always felt that way. And so to me, that's what the be, know, and do is. So. And I love that because you talk about uh, knowing what to do when. Mm -hmm. Recognizing that you're willing to accept that you'll push a broom if you need to, or you will leave when you have to. Because people need to see that you're real. They can touch you. They know that you might not have ever been where they are, but you're willing to do what they do. And that goes to what Brenda was talking about, which is building relationships. If you have those relationships with those individuals, there isn't anything they wouldn't do for you as an individual. You know, it's, it's fascinating as I listen to the conversation that we're having today. And the one thing that... I've seen over most of my career, and I see it happening still yet today, is we as women have to be three and four times better than our counterparts. And women of color, and as uh, Shauna said, we all have color, we have to be three times, three and four times better even because of that. So we're always working three and four times as hard as anyone else just to make sure that we're in a good spot. So all of our I's are dotted, our T's are crossed, and you're going back and you're reviewing that over and over and over, knowing that it's right. You're ready to deliver it, but you just want to make sure. So you go back and check one more time just to make sure that it's on point. And we shouldn't have to do that, but we do. And that's the world of reality. I tell my daughters, I have two, uh, and one is just like me. She's a spitfire, and she's like, I'm not playing the game. I am not playing the game. I'm going to say what I want to say. And I'm like, oh, oh, reel it in. Reel it in. <laughs> because my oldest daughter is like my younger me, where I was like, whatever you need, you got. I'll give you the shirt off my back. And then my younger one is like my older me, which is, uh-uh, that's not happening. And I need them to kind of blend together. But my younger one, she's like, I couldn't have lived back in the 40s or 50s. I'd have killed somebody. <laughs> okay. But no. So we're fast forwarding to today. And so... I told her, I said, honey, you've got to learn how to play the game. You've got to navigate all of that. And it truly is a game. The majority of my career I have spent with people that don't look like me. But it doesn't mean that I can't navigate and I do it well to where I'm like, Shauna, I don't have to work. I enjoy life. I enjoy what I do. And it's a passion of mine. So I'm trying to help others to learn how to play that game so that they can then pay it forward and teach and help somebody else because we need to be around. We're not going anywhere, so we need to stand up, speak, have our voice, let it be heard, 
but share that with the world. Don't keep it in. Let it out. Let people know who we're about. You're listening to The Path to Being the Best Leader. How to lead with charisma, integrity, and conviction. A professional development seminar. Featuring Araceli Godinez, Dr. Kelly Petros, Brenda Johnson-Turner, and Shauna Sarson. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference. Uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So the one thing I'll, I'll, I think both Shanna and Kelly hit on it, but be authentic, mm-hmm. right? Be authentic. Um, I want to hit the no from, from a different space, a different perspective. Uh, Shanna hit on the, the, the know your role. When you are in leadership, right, and you're at a place of authority, you got to own it. And everything that we've talked about to this point and, and will continue, it's about balance. Right. If you have a role to play in your government agency, in the field of industry that you work in, in education, whatever it is, know what you know, your role and know your job, your your career, your industry. Be the best, because if you have a a place of authority within your organization, you're going to always feel like people are coming at you. But if you know that no is central to, you will be able to balance it out and speak with authority and come off with confidence versus arrogance because it's a very delicate balance. And that's how you engage and execute. Okay, so, yeah. so this was like one of my favorite <laughs> slides when, when, when we talked. And um, we spent a lot of time looking at this image, right, about integrity. Um, I will tell you um, from, from where I sit in my organization, one thing about integrity is you have to be consistent, right? We've already talked about the lead, but people can't see you as you're in. If you got integrity today and you're out tomorrow, and your, your values, your integrity, your ethics have changed. You have to be consistent. Um, remember, and I think that scale is so important because words have weight. You got to know when to listen, when to speak. And I think Kelly already talked about listening to understand, not just half listening or, or, you know, playing the part when you, you really already moved on. Because people are always watching you. We've already talked about being an example and setting an example. I think for, for me, for integrity, it's being honest. Um, you already know what your principles are. There are some lines that get too blurry that you know you're not going to cross, but that goes back to what we talked about before with knowing what your personal and professional values are. Um, The other things that I would say on this is just own your actions, right? And then the one on the scale that, that stuck out to me the most was courage. When you have integrity, sometimes in your career, you're going to be faced with challenges where, you know, your leadership chain, they want to get to a a place, whether it's a project, it's program delivery, or it's a new something else, the next big thing. 
That doesn't mean you can't get there, but if you have information, right, that is pertinent to managing those expectations, if you have integrity, right, you gotta speak up. And that takes courage because you might be that one voice in the room that's saying, hey, we can get there, but we may not be able to get there tomorrow. It's, it's gonna take us another three to six months. And that's a hard space to, to be in a lot of times when you are you know, a woman of color or, or you're worried about your career or what the impacts of this will be. But I tell you, I, I would subscribe that it's better for that point to be made when you know it than to wait and wish, because wishing is not a strategy. Mm, I love it. I love you know, integrity it. ties into values, ethics, and your moral principles. It defines who you are, and you can sink or swim depending on your integrity. So don't acquiesce to someone else because you think that's the right thing to do. If you believe in your heart that that's where you need to be, then you stay there in that space, and you help them to understand your perspective so that then you're holding on to your integrity so that you can move forward. So before, I definitely want to hear what Shanna has to say on this, uh, but before we do that, you know, one thing we talked about when, when we had our conversation was, you know, I have a plaque on my wall in my office, people first, that's all it says. And, you know, I work for the Army, we are all about the mission. But I will tell you, I tell my team all the time, the mission is important, but if you don't have the people to deliver the mission, it will not get done. And so you have to come from a space of people. And when people see that you're genuine and that you care, that doesn't mean I have to be their best friend. But when they see that there is a person there that really, you know, is concerned about them and it's not just about the job, you're going to get more out of it. Because what did I tell you before? Relationships mm -hmm. matter. And the relationship can be as simple as, good morning, how are you doing today? But we are never too haughty, right, where you can't say hello to someone. Yeah, so for, I really don't have anything to add because when we talked, we were, we were talking on the phone and literally we were just flowing and I was just like, I, we were on teleconference and literally they were talking and these are the points they made and I literally pushed my chair back and I was like, wow. This is going to be a great panel. So I don't, I really don't have anything else to add to that because it's literally. So charisma. Well, let's start with why it's last. You want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because we talked about that. So the, the title obviously is charisma, integrity, yeah. and conviction. But I, I, when we were doing the slides, I thought it would be best to flip charisma to the end because, you know, I was like integrity, conviction, and just end on a charismatic high note mm -hmm. because I, I just thought, yeah, let's just put the charisma on the end and let's just end with all the color and excitement and close it out for questions. So that was the, the mindset behind flipping it. So with charisma, what we talked about is being your true authentic self and bring that person to work every day. And it doesn't have to just be work. Wherever you're at, bring your true authentic self to the table, wherever it's at. Uh, be transparent. It's okay to have those convictions like Shauna talked about, how she might say, you know, they don't like me, but they know me and they allow me to do what I do. Uh, it's okay. If you're not authentic or true to yourself, 
how do you think those that are around you are going to perceive you? And that taps into integrity, your values, your morals, they're all connected. And so as a leader, do you really think they will follow you if all of those are compromised? So be transparent, be your true self. Uh, when we were talking, I told them, I said, oftentimes what we do as women, we wait for permission to do certain things instead of just standing up and saying, oh no, I have a voice and this is what I'm going to say. Oftentimes we just listen, we kind of sit back, we might doodle, but we don't speak. And we need to do that. I don't know how we put that in a bottle and pass it out so that you have it and you're drinking it every day so that it's a part of who you are. It's there. We know it's there. We got to find a way to bring it out every single day. Stand up, have a voice, be authentic and be true to yourself. And it's okay now. We talked about arrogance and confidence. There is a difference. There's a way to do it. Uh, you just have to navigate that. And I am hopeful that all of you have mentors in your lives that will be able to help make that happen for you because that's critical. Yeah. That, that has to happen. Um, if not, I'm sure Shauna and Brenda and myself would certainly be available for you because seriously, it's necessary. Um, there are times when we're afraid to do certain things and you need to be able to know you can go to somebody to help you get to that next step. Brenda talked about don't wait until it's too late to lead, you're making deposits always so that when you need to release and cash in those deposits, they're there and those people will be there for you. Mm -hmm. right. So, so like I said, when we talked, Kelly did such a great job with her points. Shanna and I were like, mm -hmm. amen. <laughs> uh, so the only thing I will say on this is, you know, Kelly talked about having a mentor. Um, that is very important. But what I will tell you is it's okay to look at people and, and say, hmm, I like that. I like how she navigated that issue. And I, wow, if I have a problem, maybe that I should think about some things like that. <clears throat> but don't compare yourself. A lot of times as women, we say, you know, I, I got to do exactly what Shauna did. That's not true. Because that's when you get away from what Kelly just said, where then you're not your authentic Self any longer because you're too busy trying to be someone else. Um, and the last point I would say is that the word on this slide that stuck out to me the most is humility, right? If you are a leader, you don't necessarily have to always be out front and say, look what Brenda did. You do need to toot your own horn, but like we've talked about with everything else, there is a balance. Sometimes you need to elevate the lid right so they get to shine too and so the way that you often will get there if you have humility if you have a humble spirit and that ties into the self-assessment so you're always doing that you're always reinventing yourself making yourself better it's important that you i would say daily reflect mm -hmm. many of you may have a short commute from work to home and just take five ten minutes out of your day and just reflect was I able to do, make a difference in one space? It doesn't have to be everything, because remember, this is a marathon, it is not a sprint, and it takes time to get there. But just reflect, because if you don't learn something every day, something's wrong. You should be learning something and taking away something from someone, even if it's yourself, every day, where you can get better. So it's, it's a constant cycle, and I think reflection is important. I, I 
totally echo that. Yeah. So I, I actually do keep a journal. And um, so little self-disclosure here and transparency. Um, I started a fast. Um, I'm in my second week. I don't fast from food because I'm a pescatarian. Um, so I, I was like, what do I need to work on? And I'm reading this journal. Someone gave it to me. It's called The Surrender. And so I am actually fasting to even be more humble. Um, I think uh, humility is a trait that I never want to lose. My grandmother used to always say, uh, don't ever sit high and look low. And um, my, my whole thing is um, rock bottom is open 24-7 to the public. Mm -hmm. So if you don't humble yourself, life will humble you. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I have some mannerisms about myself. You know, I'm, people think I'm talking because my head is always up in the air. And so I, I know myself. And the self-assessment is very important because I know that my demeanor and, and that people are always so surprised that I'm kind because of my demeanor. And I, I'm being honest. I got to own it. I got to own my stuff. And um, so my goal is to, to stay humble and to be more, even more humble. Um, you know, I like, I like me. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty cool. But I, I still need to be more humble. I, I want to be as humble as my grandmother wanted me to be. Because I think when you are humble and people know that you're humble, that's your spirit. And it comes off and it's part of your energy. And when you are humble in leadership, um, people are drawn to you. And one, of, one thing I will knock on wood, I have people knocking down my door to come and work for me. Um, because, you know, once they're like, oh, she's, she's nice. Oh, she's funny. Oh, she's silly, too. But, but she gets the work done and she takes care of her people. And she's a realist. And she has realistic expectations. And I can make a mistake and grow um, because I'm at the table to serve. And um, so for that, just continuously having that self-awareness. And I do journal every day. I journal in the morning to, for the humility. And then at night before I go to bed, and this is very personal, but I have a gratitude journal. And I write down what I'm grateful for. And, and then I say, Lord, if there is no tomorrow, thank you for today. And I go to bed. And, and, and that has gotten me into this good space. And, and it resonates. It, it definitely resonates um, with my team because if nothing else, they know I care. They know I genuinely care. I, ge I genuinely wholeheartedly care. And I think that's the best charisma I could bring. Um, and even when, I'm, uh, when, my, when my morale is low, I will tell them my morale is low. I'm very honest and transparent because I think oftentimes as leaders, we forget that we to give ourselves permission to be human. Well, thank you. We're going to open it up for questions. Um, I wanted to kick it off with, uh, I mean, I, thank you so much for all of the wisdom and guidance and insight that you've provided. Um, one of the things that I think clearly all of you emulate is that you're very uh, passionate about your what you do. And um, some of us are still in the path to discovering what we're passionate about. Can you maybe share um, tools, resources, something? I mean, was it a yoga retreat? What would it what helped you figure out what you are passionate about? That's hard. You know, I, yeah. I think when, um, unfortunately, when you go to school, K through 12, they expect you, if you're going to go to college, that you know what you want to do. And so your parents may or may not pay for you to go to school, and they may just be wasting their dollars because two years in, you're like, oh, I want to do a career change because that's not what I want to do. And... I think we need to just allow people to kind of find their own path in their own way. Uh, but I think oftentimes, too, it's in you. You know what it is. You just kind of you got to figure it out. And I always knew I wanted to be an educator. Uh, I've always had a soft spot for students with special needs. 
and that just sort of drove me that way. Plus, my parents, okay, there are 10 of us, but my parents were foster parents too. Now, we'd have kids coming in the house because, now, let me set the stage though. So my dad is black, my mom is white. My dad is as dark as my book, okay? My mom's from Finnish, she migrated over. So they were together back in the 50s and that didn't happen. But you had then other couples or young ladies having babies that couldn't have them because their parents wouldn't allow it. So then they were being put up for adoption or in the foster care system. So they called my parents, would you mind? And my mom, I don't mind. She wanted 12. Mm -hmm. bless, and so, <laughs> and so they just kept bringing these children in. And so now you're sharing your parents with 12, 13, 14 kids. And, but my mom, she, being a child of God, was just about serving and helping others. That, that's what she did. So that's how we were raised. And it was just, you've got to give back. You just, you have to plant the seed and pay it forward. So that's what I grew up on. And so seeing kids that didn't have much sort of just drew me there. So I think a lot of your experiences in life will maybe guide you to where, at least it did for me, where I wanted to be. And serving others is, I believe, why I walk this earth. It's just making sure people have the tools that they need to be successful. And everything else, whatever I'm supposed to get, I will get whenever uh, it's supposed to happen. But right now, I'm... I'm in a good space, and it's all about all of you. It's not about me. It's about you. Yeah, that's that's a hard question. Yeah. The, the one thing I will say is um, sometimes you stumble on it. Sometimes it's a little bit of balance between your personal and your professional where you know you enjoy something personally, and you can make a career out of that professionally. The one thing that I would say is if you are in a career choice that you are not passionate about, don't give up uh, because as, as you grow, you adjust. And so, you know, keep fighting till you find it. And when you find it, hold on to it. So for me, the Renaissance woman, I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, I was always told what I was supposed to be when I grew up. But I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, I will tell you, it wasn't until maybe three years ago um, that I realized that I didn't have to just do one thing. And that was when I gave myself permission to, you know, just do what makes me feel good. And for me, it was when I, I, I said, if I could do something and not make money, what would I do? And that's, for me, how I found it. Um, I do meditate a lot because I'm, I'm off the chain. So I have to, I, you know, I meditate. I don't drink, I don't drink either, y'all. I'm just, it's just like this. I can't, I can't. I mean, but I, I, um, I meditate a lot. Um, and I'm actually an introvert, believe it or not. Very introverted. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. I read a lot. But um, I meditate a lot. And with that, um, I get so much, it's joy of, of helping people. You know, like the young lady, you know, saving her career. She's a mom. You know, um, I get so much, I write. So, you know, when people are like, oh my God, I read, ah, da, da, da. you know, and I, I just get joy out of it. It's not even so much, uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's not a thing of, like it's about me. It's just like, it's joy. Even I cook, I like to cook. And when people, and I, I don't even eat meat. And But when my family's like, girl, this pork chop is good. I'm just sitting back like, wow. And I can't have one because I don't eat meat. So I'm definitely a servant. Um, but it took me a long time to find that, you know, because I'm just shy of 50. 
And um, but when I stopped listening to what other people said I was supposed to be, and I just said, you know, gave myself permission to be, and I gave myself permission to be more than one thing. And I and I'm just me. Any any questions? Hi, good morning. Tarita Norton for the Aerospace Corporation. My question, as you ladies have talked a lot about being servant leaders, how do you balance being that servant, being that leader, and not taking on so much stress that you're looking after others to take care of yourself? How do you balance that? You got that one. You need to balance. You talk about balance all the time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Self-awareness. I'll start with that. I mean, I think is 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 key. I would say you're, you're not going to hit it 100% perfect all the time. Uh, there are days when I feel like I, had, I hit it right, I had the right balance. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, you know, I'm an executive, and I, and I feel I, I got everything right. But then there are days where I feel like I failed miserably as a mom, but I hit the executive part. And I, I think it's, you got to have enough self-awareness um, to to continue to um, assess, correct, reflect what we've talked about before. Um, and I think also when you do have passion about what you're doing, going back to the last question, and, and you are stretched a little bit thin, if, if you can spend 10 more minutes, right, with somebody and, and you see that smile on their face or you see what the end result is going to be, for your company, for your agency, whatever, then you've, you've done it well for that day. And you go home, you relax, and you try again tomorrow to get that balance just right. I think to add to that, it would be we as nurturers, that's just who we are, uh, oftentimes just take on the world. We've got to be able to manage and do everything. But there's so much we can't control. So you've got to let that go. And oftentimes we just want to hold on to that because we, we think we can control everything. And oftentimes we probably can, but there are things that we just can't control and you've got to be able to let that go. And I think we also strive for perfection. Mm -hmm. And even though we're not perfect, we're still amazing women and we have to remember that. And then, um, no. Mm -mm. No, not right now. <laughs> I don't have time. I don't have the bandwidth today. We have to give ourselves permission. That was something I used to struggle with. You know, no, it's not a four-letter word, and it's a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. And but it's also as leaders because I, you know, I have people all the time. You know, I have 25 direct reports. That's a lot of direct reports. So all the time, you got a minute. You got to learn your people. Some people just want to be in your face. This is what they want to do. Can I tell you what I did? Just <laughs> <laughs> do it. But then you might have that one. It's like, Lord, I gotta, gotta let him come in because this one about to jump off the ledge, you know. And it's, it's. I hate to use this expression, but it's, it's as um, Kelly says, you're nurturing. We we all have that innate nurturing spirit, whether you've ever given birth or or not. We are all mothers. It's mother nature for a reason. I honestly believe that. And you have to know your people. But at the end of the day, you're no good to anybody else if you don't save some for yourself. Which is why I have no problem when I have these meetings. I'm like, how's everyone else's morale? And all that. I'm like, well, mine is low, okay? <laughs> Y'all, I'm tired. Or, you know, 
because I'm human. And, and, and there's so much value in taking off that mask and letting them see, you know, that, look, I'm human. And I will tell you, you'd be surprised how many times that comes. What, what, do you need to eat? Do you want you, you need somebody to get you something to eat? Because I noticed you only had popcorn. I'm like, thank you. Do you mind? You fly by. Because, you know, you can't make people get you stuff to eat. But just have it's a balancing act. And like Brenda said, you know, just giving yourself permission to try again. And as Kelly said, knowing when to tap in your nurturing spirit and me, what? No. <laughs> More than you think? Uh-huh. Yes, she does. More than you think. Mm-hmm. But she does it in a way where it doesn't hurt them. <laughs> More than it's with a smile. Yeah, that's right. You know, or, yes. or, you know, can we do it tomorrow? You know? Because I'm on my way to the bathroom. It's going to just go. Because that's usually how it is. You got a minute. I'm like, I'm about to start dancing. I'm about to lose my cool. Can I go? So, yes. Anna Estrada, the Boeing Company. Um, I have more of a challenge question uh, with regards to charisma, integrity, and conviction. How do I display that on paper? Because I think, I believe I display that when people talk to me. But on paper, it's a little difficult to uh, show where it kind of deflects my age. So let me kind of give you a little bit of context, a little bit of background. Married really young, had a couple kids who are now 35 and 25. I uh, went to the University of Washington when I was in my 40s. I'm in my 50s. Good, good. good. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm, I, I'm in a great role. I love my job. I go home every day and I don't feel taxed. I wake up and I'm excited about my job. I've been in this role for just over a year. My um, management sees my passion, knows my passion, feels my passion, and my team, the team that I'm part of, uh, feels that I'm a very critical partner and I play a great role. But how do I, how do I take that that I have and display it on paper because on paper you show numbers and when you look at my history you know I've been working since forever at least 30 years on paper um, my generation you know 12 you were already working a job but anyways how do I do that so that's more of a challenge question how do I put that on paper in a way that they're not like well she's already in her 50s so she's gonna be retiring soon so we're not gonna put her in a critical role how do I do that? Well, one, hopefully they're not discriminating. So that'd be an mm-hmm. issue for me coming from HR. But I think the, the, the other is, if you're looking to elevate within the organization or external to the organization, on paper, don't put anything beyond 15 years. Don't go back any further. Nobody cares about that anyway. They want to know what you've done recently. The other is... Don't put dates when you went to college. Who cares? You graduated, you started, you finished. If they need transcripts, you know, they could ask for it. But there are certain things you can just omit. It's Mm -hmm. not necessary. And just to continue to be your authentic self. Because, again, diversity is necessary for the wheel to spin. And you need those that have that uh, institutional knowledge Mm -hmm. in an organization to then lead those that are just coming in. So whoever that leader is, they've got to see that. And if they don't, then they don't need to be in that seat. Uh, and someone else needs to be taking a look at them because it takes all of us for the movement. And I would just hit on the passion piece, right? It was even evident as you were speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you write your, you know, your accomplishments, write it in a way where that passion is, is coming through. 
Hello, everyone. I'm Clarice Phelps from Oak Ridge National Lab. And a little bit of history before I get into my question. I also served in the military and um, I've been at the lab for about 10 years now. And I found when I first came to the lab, people assumed I was the janitor. And uh, either that or an intern, which wasn't as bad as the janitor. So I found like over the years that I have been at the lab, I'm constantly trying to prove some level of intelligence because when I'm, I'm the only black woman in my group, in my division, but not in my directorate. So there are more black women in my directorate, but they're not researchers like myself, I'm a chemist. And so I find that I'm still like the only, um, I guess, academic scientific type person that they see. And so I find myself getting frustrated having to constantly, I guess, prove my level of knowledge or intelligence to a, you know, a room full of white men or white women, uh, mixed company. And so I've found a way to turn that frustration into focusing on diversity and inclusion at the laboratory, but I don't know how to effectively do that because the lab is getting better, but there's still a long way to go. And so I don't know how to turn that into something that is sustainable and ongoing that will continue to bring in minorities, especially minority women, into the lab, into um, STEM careers, research fields. Because uh, either it's, it's a factor of they're not in the field, they're not you know, studying to be a researcher, a scientist, or they're not being hired. And I don't know how to um, help them get hired if they're interested. So I, I put it out there, but I just, I need, I would like some tips as far as how to, I guess, effectively utilize my position and my level of knowledge and where I'm at to um, help get more minority women into the field. You're, you're not limited to the lab. I think um, when I listen to you talk, it seems like just what I hear, that you're limiting yourself to the lab. Um, I became very passionate about STEM when I went to work at Corps of Engineers. And, and it, was, it became a reality for me. I graduated from a math science high school and my counselor told me to be a teacher mm -hmm. for, for gifted children. And, and, and it, I was 32 years old before I realized I was smart because people don't see us as smart. And I'm just gonna be honest with you. And it, it's 2019, but the reality is for all of us, is that you will walk into a room and you will be the only you, the only woman of color, the only woman, whatever. And, but I will tell you, I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm a psychologist, but I don't practice, but I don't operate in a STEM profession. But I wanted to see more women move into the STEM profession. I'm very passionate about it. So I go to the schools. Because if you can catch them young, yeah, I, I do you catch that. Them I young, do, um, go to your, if you're in any other clubs, but don't limit yourself, you know, just pick and choose your battles, set, set realistic expectations, because mm -hmm. you're not going to change it overnight, because it's so much bigger than you. This is bigger than us, but we, we have to do it collectively. And I think, um, take, take the frustration and find another word for it. Try to, you know, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. This is something like Iyanla Van Zandt stuff going on here right now, though. But you're going to have to take, for me, cause, because I, I struggle with it. That's why, you know, do the quirky thing. Like, I got my afro today, but I'm going to mm -hmm. fix it. 
come on now, you know, I feel some kind of way inside that I have to say that. Let's, let's put the meat on the fire here. I'm not happy that I have to say that, but I'm like, how can I, I can sit here and I can be pissed off. I can be frustrated. I can change this. I can be the change I want to see. And how do I be the change that I want to see unless I take the courage that my friend Brenda talked about to speak on it in a way that makes my counterpart comfortable, even though they're going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but make them comfortable, make them funny. You know, don't get upset about it and say, you know what? Yeah, they see me as the janitor. Look at it from their perspective. Why? How many of you running around there? But how many of you are running around there as the janitor? It's not a bad thing. It is what it is, once again. So should they just put people in boxes? No, they shouldn't. But let's, walk, let's try to walk a half a mile in their shoes and say, you know, they're just looking at it through a limited lens. Mm -hmm. So what can I do to, to clean their lens a little bit? And I think that'll help you inside because then you won't have the frustration about it. Am, okay. am I making sense? And, yeah. and unfortunately, you know, I'm just going to tell you, you know, I'm still proving myself sometimes, but it's okay. Because I'm like, I'm that chick. I ain't going to fail. That's literally right, my attitude. Right. I'm like, every time I knock a deliverable and I see that little look like they're like, dang, she got it. And I'm like, you don't know, honey. Yeah. I'm a renaissance well, woman. Can I add some context yeah. to this? So like you said, I, it seems like I'm limiting to myself to the lab. So what I've done, I'm, I sit on a board for a 501c3 called YoSTEM. Okay. And actually, uh, one of the ladies who came here with me from Oak Ridge, she's another black lady that uh, started that. Uh, organization and we constantly try to build each other up like I found out about this conference just by googling it and I found out that the lab knew about this conference but had not invited any of the black scientists to attend and so myself and the other individual we contacted our the outreach and we contacted the talent acquisition program we were like we need to attend this because uh, who they has sent is uh, a white lady and I'm like okay so how are you going to acquire uh, minority women when you send a non-minority woman to a minority conference you need to send us and so they paid for us to come and so I found myself inserting myself into things at the lab so that they could see my face they could see her face because I do believe in uplifting other minority women. So if I find out about something that's going on, I instantly tell Candace. I send her an email. I'm like, we need to be in this. We need to get, you know, whoever else in here. And so I'm constantly trying to insert myself. But I guess where part of my frustration is coming is, okay, they know that we are out here. And I've been in a couple of um, commercials or now ads and things like that because I want young women to see, okay, this black woman is doing it. This black woman is out here. She's actually a scientist. She's actually doing stuff. And the lab is recognizing that. But the thing is, is I'm always having to insert myself. And so it's, it's, that's where my frustration is coming is because they know they have a diversity and inclusion problem. And they know they have people that are like, hey, we're here, but we're constantly having to ask to be included. And it's, it is frustrating. I know, but do you play cards? Have you ever played cards? Yeah, I play spades. Okay, <laughs> see, here we go. So this is the thing about spades. You play the hand you're dealt. Mm -hmm. If you stay at the table long enough, you're going to get a good hand. And you got to know what to do with it when you get it. It's the hand you've been dealt, my dear. It's the hand you've been dealt. You're, you're, you're a black woman. But it's one thing you said I, I want to challenge you on it. Your, your Caucasian counterpart needed to come to this conference as well. 
See, this is how we get past being in the situation that mm -hmm. you're in right now. She needs to be here just like you need to be here. And you all need to be here together so that you can create the safe space so that one, she can understand. Because I feel your frustration all the way up here. I want to I want to give you a hug and tell you it's going to be all right. For real. But because but I've been there. I, I have been there and I understand. But I just, I think you're doing the right things, but you're wanting it to work on your time. It's a time bigger than you here. At play here. It's not your time. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do. And you do your part and you trust that you've done the best that you can do. And you've done your part and know that you are opening doors for those who come behind you, uh, come beside you. And having those conversations with people that sit beside you. And it's just like when, you, when you're in the dorm and you're playing spades. You, do you get mad when you get, when you get no face cards and throw them down? Or do you say, hmm, I got this two of spades. I'm about to hit them with that. <laughs> and, then, and then what happens when you get that Boston? You sit there like... <laughs> and then you run it and mm -hmm. then guess what will come right behind it another sucky hand but that's that's the way it is but you've been given this mantle because you have the power to carry it you're there for a reason and so that's the part where our, our moderator said you have to find the passion in it find the passion why why are you there as a black woman this is so unpopular but i'm going to tell you it's the real talk we are the invisible woman we are the lowest on the totem pole whether we're the best dressed the smartest, whatever, we are the lowest on the totem pole. If you, if you are constantly focused on being seen, you're going to be frustrated all the time. All the time. You, as long as you see you, please know. People see. And if you just take that frustration, if I could just tell you and just, because I've been there, I had the bad attitude. Nah, I'm working on hard, they don't see me. They're always looking at the white girl. Nah. That was me. I'm owning it. But when I, when, I, when I took a step back, she didn't ask to be white just like I didn't ask to be black. The load she carries, she carries it the same way I carry my load. One, we can't be pitted against each other because we're all women at the end of the day. We're all women. And is it different for us? Yes, because I acknowledge I live in the real world. But my thing is, it's, it's not going to be, you got the result. You're here. Mm -hmm. You're here. You won. You won. That's, that was your Boston. You won. Celebrate your win. Celebrate every small victory. Because every step forward is a step forward. You are winning. You are a scientist. You are in commercials. See, I'm listening to you. You're in commercials. They see you even though you're invisible when, when they, they can't help but see you. But you are invisible because those who came before you were invisible. So people can't just start seeing you overnight. It's like, it's like it took us a long time to embrace the cell phone. They're going to embrace us eventually, but it's going to continue to take time. And as long as you know you're doing your part and you're putting your best foot forward every day, celebrate every small victory and turn your frustration into motivation and inspiration. Okay. I want to add another okay. to that, though. <laughs> I don't want you to leave because the one... This resonates to my education background because we don't have a lot of diversity in our classrooms for our kids. Mm -hmm. We want our kids to see people that look like us and mm -hmm. men are a minority as well. Mm -hmm. And so for myself, when I was in education, I was at every fair possible. And I took my men and my people of color to those career fairs so that those teachers that were just coming out could see that we have diversity in our school district to educate. Our kids you have a foundation utilize that as a platform if you want to introduce the stem to others 
use your foundation and get into those school districts and start to introduce it to our little ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the educational outreach committee. All right. I'm, I'm trying to get on everything. All right. So, so, but, so balance. Can, can, I, can I add one thing? <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. You know, I just love both of them. <laughs> um, you know, when, when you are frustrated, right, Shanna hit it on, on the head. You have to celebrate every small step you take. Even if it's a one cupcake and you put a candle in it and it's just you. But what I would say is if you have this platform now, right, within your agency, you know, what about you and the other lady you mentioned, plus other people? Don't limit it to just the two black people. Oh, be yeah, Because it yeah. could be more people that are interested. How about developing an intern plan that can, we, can be, you know. Yeah, so just think, we're, we're, just think about that. You may, you talked about helping the kids. Mm -hmm. You might want to do something where you, you help um, those that are in chemist fields learn the, how to navigate mm -hmm. USA jobs for federal government opportunities, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, but continue to use your, your platform. Whether you move a centimeter, you moved. Mm -hmm. And that is the success. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, we're going to close out. We've got a few takeaways on here. Um, sorry, we have oh, can, can one last can question. One we do have the, the lunch and we've got to go to. Letter talk. Thank you. Uh, my name is Ki. I'm a, I'm a mechanical engineer in Kohler. Um, so as engineers, we tend to be introverts. Um, so we are so fascinated about the things we're working on, and we don't pay uh, much attention to people and our environments. Um, but I started to realize that the, this world is dominated by extroverts. Like all the uh, networking, people skills, communications, um, basically everything will take you forward in your career are extrovert skills to me. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to stay true to myself and be a happy introvert, I feel like I'm not going anywhere further. So how can I keep my own values and be successful? You can because I can't speak for Kelly, but Shanna already said I'm an introvert too. Yeah. So if nothing else, you already know you got two introverts on a panel speaking in front of all of you, which is not the easiest. So I'm still true to myself and the values that I uphold, but at the same time, because this is an empowering environment, you still want to, you know, breathe in opportunities where you can share with what you know. So being public speaker, being a little bit more engaged within your organization or with your colleagues does not naturally take you out of the personal and professional values that you that you hold. And I would just say, um, thank you. Keep your head up. Don't keep your head down and so narrow focused on your work, but just allow others into your space and still hold true to who you are. You don't have to change from being an introvert to being who you are and engaging with those that are extroverts. I'm not an extrovert either. So you got three introverts. We, just, okay. we do what we have to do. Awesome. Yeah. You, you find it. It's there. You just find it, and it just happens. And, you know, I mean, I don't know about um, Shana or Brenda up here. I didn't get nervous before we were coming in today. It just, with time, it gets better. But you just, if you're passionate about something, it just comes out. And seeing all these friendly faces in the audience helps too. And I just practice. Um, I, like I talk to myself a lot. I practice. And I don't do it as much as I used to. But I, as learning, coming out of my um, 
introvert. I was just like you in the military. Literally, that's the first time I spoke. It was like, I'm Shauna. Da, 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 da. Um, but over time, practicing, um, because I, I noticed like you, the extroverts were winning. And, and though after we do stuff like this, I'm exhausted because introverts, it's not our norm. So we are exhausted it's like because it's extra energy we're using. But I would say elevator speech. Record your elevator speech and listen to yourself over the phone. If it's speaking you want to work on and start speaking and, and working on your pitch and then look at yourself in the mirror and match up your nonverbs and your hand signals so that they match and, and focus on your eye contact. You do have good eye contact. Focus on your eye contact um, and just practice drawing people in and you'll get it because the reality is as an introvert, you still have to have a balance of extroversion in order to be successful as a leader. Yeah. And just be authentic. Thank you so much. Very inspiring. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Another round of applause for our panelists. Thank you so much, Shauna, Brenda, and Kelly. They gotta take us on the road. We need more time. Thank you for listening to The Path to Being the Best Leader. How to lead with charisma, integrity, and conviction a professional development seminar. Featuring Regional Marketing Director for the Boeing Company, Araceli Godinez. Regional Community Affairs Manager for Consumers Energy, Dr. Kelly Petros. Director of Real Estate for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Brenda Johnson-Turner. And CEO of Sarsons LLC, Shauna Sarsons. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Women of Color STEM Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.womenofcolor.net. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.